Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have an exciting part one of a three-part series for you, our listeners. We are talking all about the legal elements of prepping for sale. So to talk about this very useful topic, we have Fiona Yend, the fabulous head of our M&A services at Aspect Legal. Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to The Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real-life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Fiona, welcome on board. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be back. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay, good. So we're talking about prepping for sale. Who are we talking about today? We're talking about prepping for sale for our sellers or buyers. Should our buyers turn off now? <laughs> no, stay on the line. No, <laughs> prepping for sale is really important and something that comes up in almost every deal that we deal with. I always have clients saying that I didn't realize it would take so long. I didn't realize that if I'd done that earlier, it would have been better. And to be honest, the purpose of this podcast is to learn from those you know, bumps, I won't say mistakes because they're very common and try and avoid them and have a smoother process overall. But the thing is, if it's good for the buyer to do, it's good for the purchaser to know about because if it's good for the sellers, it's also good for the buyers because the sellers are trying to get through things and shore up the business. The buyers want to buy the best business. To be honest, if it's good for one side, it's actually good for the other because both sides want value. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think some of these elements that we're going to talk about today and in the next few parts of this series, I think uh, the concept behind them is relevant for buyers to really think deeply about as well. There's this oft-quoted statistic that 80% of M&A transactions aren't actually a success at the end of the day. And, you know, the figure's a bit rubbery. I've heard many variations of 80% before, usually somewhere between 50% and 80%. But the point is, I think what causes this is both buyers and sellers not being prepared in and not having that vision of what a successful outcome looks like at the end of the day. Yes, and that's really what's important. You need to know what you're buying or what you're selling because both parties are putting a value on it. And the problem is if that value is based on something that's not true or correct or doesn't come through or isn't really there, it's going to end, unfortunately, for one party in disappointment. So, And, you know, that 80% figure, even if it's 50%, is way too high for a deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think this is a really important message for obviously for our sellers out there and our buyers, as we've said, that this is also relevant for them to consider, but also for the advisors who are working with the buyers and sellers. So, you know, whether you're an accountant or whether you're a broker or a corporate advisor, I guess all of us in the transaction team are all vested with wanting to see a good deal, a good outcome for our clients at the end. So I think think bear in mind as you're listening into this, we'll be talking about lots of examples, but it's really particularly relevant for that pool of advisors as well who might be listening because this is all stuff that you should bear in mind. And and it's all the reasons that can contribute to deals tripping over before they make it to the finish line, which is 
painful for all of us, right? And that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah, and expensive. Getting yeah. people in early and asking the right questions really saves a lot of costs later. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess as one extra note before we dive into some of the detail here, one thing that pains me is seeing clients where they've just not realized the questions that they should be asking in terms of prepping for sale. So that's one thing. But what is even more disappointing or concerning is when I see clients who have a relationship and a close relationship with their professional advisors, be it their lawyers or accountants, who have not been able to give them this insight in advance. You know, I'm just thinking of a matter that we closed last month. When the client came into us, I recall them saying they had specifically gone to see a lawyer five years in advance because they knew this was their exit plan and they knew their timing and they'd done many things from a business perspective to prep the business, but they'd not done the legal elements. And I think the issue was that the lawyers at the time just obviously didn't deal with many businesses at exit and knew how to help them for where they were at that point in time, but not how to help them in prepping for some of these big picture stuff that's important at exit. And I just think that's a really important thing because there's different things to protect a business where it is at its current state versus putting it in the right position to be ready for an exit. So I just think that's the first thing, you know, and this is where specialization can become really important because what makes a business valuable at exit can be different to what just protecting a business in its current environment can look like to some lawyers who aren't heavily involved in the exit space. Yeah, look, I really agree, Joe. Quite often I hear people say, if only I'd realized I could have addressed that. And it's not something that they could have addressed last week. It's something they needed to address maybe a year or two earlier. And had they addressed it, when you're in the thick of a deal and trying to get a business sold or trying to acquire a business, all these things come up and hit you in the face along the way. If you address it early, they don't smack you as much. They don't hurt, okay? Because you know what's there. Knowledge is a wonderful, powerful thing. And if you use your time in advance to prepare the sale and be prepared for the strategy of what you want for the future of your business, it will reward you so so strongly. I absolutely agree. I I absolutely 100% agree. And I think this is the strongest message that we're trying to get out there, obviously to the businesses who are listening in, but particularly to the advisors. I think the best service that you can provide for your clients is helping them realize the value in really focusing on these important questions early enough. So with that, by way of background, (laughs) let's launch into some of the detail here. So in this episode, part one, we're going to be looking at people. In part two, we'll look at value, so protecting value. And in part three, we'll look at protecting assets. But to kick it off with protecting people, what are we talking about here, Fiona? Give us a bit of insight. What does this mean? Okay, so people, I'm not talking about your staff. I'm not talking about your contractors. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about my clients, the people who are talking to the accountants, the business owners, the founders, or the purchasers, because we're talking about protecting those people. These are the people who are vested in the business, who are the ones who are going to be really impacted by this deal, okay? This is not a job for them. This is their business, okay? And when you're selling your business, you've got to be aware of just how integrated you are in it. And that's one of the things you've got to understand is if you're exiting, how do you exit successfully with all the right protections? And how do you protect yourself from when someone else is running the business? It's one thing to take things 
things and obligations on when it's your business. Once the business has moved on, where do you sit? And if you're a purchaser, it is so painful sometimes to unwind those things and move those people out that sometimes it's very off-putting as to whether it's worthwhile. And that's one of the things they need to have in their mind from the purchase side is how am I going to unwind these things and what obligations are going to be sheeted home to my personal door? And so that's that's what we're talking about. So basically, we're talking about the founders, the directors, those key individuals. Great. And let's get stuck in then. Let's talk about some examples. You, you know, in each of these areas, examples where we've seen these play out <laughs> in problematic format <laughs> because we, you know, seen, seen many examples of issues for, for us sitting on both sides. Of exactly. I sometimes feel old when you talk about this because as advisors, you see so many different transactions that you feel like being around the block quite a few times by the time you get to our stage. (laughs) Um, But the key thing is to identify where the risks and the obligations are. And that's the key thing that if you can do that early, then you can address it and deal with it. And that's stage two and three. But stage one is identifying. Now, one of the things that I have seen disrupt transactions so often is personal guarantees, okay? And they hide in all kinds of places. So people kind of sit there and go, yes, oh, look, I can imagine that there'll be a personal guarantee potentially with the lease. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Or maybe there's a personal guarantee. We borrowed some money to finance some equipment but the worst thing I have seen was a personal guarantee required for milk supply to a cafe. Wow. They are really hidden in places. So one of the things to understand is what are you currently on the hook for for your business? Is it a personal guarantee? Is it a director's guarantee? What security have you got out there? So, you know, have you got bank guarantees that are tied to your finance that will need to be replaced? And for every day that they stay out there, you're paying money for them. You know, is your cash tied up somewhere in a security deposit? And if you're on the other foot, the purchaser, what's going to be asked of you? How much, you know, dead money are you going to have to put into security deposits? You know, what are the costs of bank guarantees if they're required? And are you going to be asked to put your personal property on the line. And part of this is also a timing element, I think, you know, because the concept of, well, what guarantees have you got out there? What security have you got out there? On the face of it seems like a pretty obvious and easy question. And quite often, I think when we ask that question, we all get an initial response with, oh, well, there's this, that and that. And, you you know, there'll just be a few things. But then I think part of the requirement is to dig deeper, you know, and then we'll dig deeper with them. And then suddenly, they'll suddenly unearth this trove as we start asking questions. Supplier, guarantees are there you know let's go through the supplies let's do a ppsr search well hold on look at all these people that have got securities over the business and then suddenly the mind starts ticking and you can almost see this process happen when suddenly they become aware of how much there is in the history of the business that they've forgotten you know or could have forgotten and that's why time is your friend as a prepper you've got to get in early because the other side of it, this is identifying so you dig and you dig and you would be amazed what comes out of the rabbit warrens so many things that look and that's just in a standard business i'm not talking about businesses that are in financial difficulty i'm not talking about businesses that borrowed extensively this is just in doing business there's lots of things that come up where at the time in the moment of doing the business it's very reasonable and very practical to do but in a sale context or a purchase context comes quite differently because as the business grows it changes so when you're looking through a sale process the views of what might be appropriate five years ago when you were setting up 
up the business and it was in a different position can be quite different. And so you've got to really identify those obligations and where those risk areas are and do it early so you can deal with it. Exactly. I think you've got to allow time for the process of working through your memory banks and your records to check where they sit. So that's the first thing, just the actual time it takes to do this digging. But then the second component is, well, it's not enough to identify them. Now we have to deal with them. And sometimes removal of this stuff can take a while. And, you know, it's frustrating for all of us when this then slows down completion. And that perfectly slides into point number two, engage, (laughs) engage, engage. I love it. Information is good. Doing something about it is better. And think about what the end game is, right? So, When you're in business as usual and running your business, do you know what? Personal guarantees are okay. You know, they're fine. But if you're looking to sell your business, you might want to start exiting those personal guarantees and replacing them with something that's a lot more easy to transfer. Okay. Can you reduce it down? Can it become a bond? Can you do something that's a lot easier just to transfer on to somebody else? Because once you're starting to have, say, and personal guarantees is an example here, because if you're trying to do a deal and then part of that you're transferring, say, for a lease, which is really common, and there's a, a personal guarantee from a director on it, all of a sudden you've got a landlord in the mix going, well, what about your personal assets? And they want to then know whether the purchase is good for it, you know, and then they're talking about their personal assets. We're not talking about their financial ability to run the business. We're talking about what actually have they got. And so that whole process is time consuming. And there's one thing I can say, if you can do it in the middle of business as usual, it is better. Because when you're in a sale process, those relationships come under strain. You start to get people who are concerned about what's going on. So, you know, people who have your history of trading, your relationship is at its height in these early stages before you've actually dived into the sale process. When you're in the prepping stage, that preparation time is golden because you have the best relationship. There's no underlying uncertainty. There's no nervousness of of when or who or what's going to come in. So use your credit then to get better outcomes for you in the future. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Fiona. I think that's an excellent focal point. And it's about, yes, I think this whole process of preparation and engagement, as you were talking about here, is such a good stepping stone or create such a good map for businesses in terms of prepping to recognize value as well and how that value is protected. And, and we're talking about value and asset in the next part of this series, but I just think it's useful to point out that this is an integrated process and starting early allows you to do all of that together, uh, which I think makes it all easier. Exactly. And look, I'm one of those funny people who is a legal advisor in M&A. And so, you know, I feel that you might want to annually have a good process of just looking at where you're at and thinking about where it goes for the future and how you're positioned for it. And, you know, what can you clean up? Because I tell you now, each of those bumps, some of those things you can't fix, okay? So some of those protections you can't change, some of those things you are on the hook for, but you need to know what the answer is and know where the position is so you can talk to that upfront and early with the buyer so they know. You don't want to get your deal half done and then have something rear its head that means, oh, we have to bump up an extra amount of security that maybe hasn't been factored into. And then you have to stop the whole process while additional funding's found or an alternative form. And buyers hate that. You know, they hate things throwing them off during the deal because it make, it brings questions into further questions into their head when they're already in a highly risk adverse and heightened state 
need, it's just a bad time for these things to come up. Exactly. And one of those things is if, you know, we, we all feel a lot more comfortable with someone who talks about their business and they know it inside out and upside down. And part of these things are those things that commonly get forgotten. So the seller who knows it inside out and upside down gives the buyer comfort that that's what they're getting, that there aren't skeletons in the cupboard, that there isn't something that's going to rear its head, going to disrupt everything. And that's one of the things. The more you know your stuff, the more the purchaser can benefit from that by having a smoother process. And to be honest, the more valuable your business is. Absolutely. I completely agree. So moving on, stage three. Yes. So stage three is having the plan for the things you can't change. And this is the plan for what you're going to do in in the sale process. So use your prepping time to get your answers and be planned for the output at the end. One of the things that's quite interesting is you know, people go into sale and there might be, a, you know, there's a security you can't transfer away. Can you actually pay it out? Can you make it a term of the sale agreement that you use some of the proceeds to pay it out so it becomes unencumbered? Things like that, all of that prep work, which the advisors can deal with you hand in hand, actually will give the answers. When people are looking to buy a business, they ask lots of questions. They actually want you to know the answers. Mm. <laughs> Here's our hot tip. (laughs) One hot tip for today. If you know your stuff, you'll be able to answer the questions and the purchaser will be happy. And I think speed of answering, just to the point you were talking about, Fiona, the the professionalism, the tidiness of the business is reflected in the period of time that it takes to respond. And, you know, I'm sure most people listening in, if you're advisors in this process, would know of many, many deals where you have sellers who uh, get a curly question and then take forever to respond. And it just creates warning, red flags everywhere. You know, certainly when we're acting for the buyer and that happens, we're we're right onto it. Okay, there's a problem here. Either A, they've got a problem or B, they're disorganised. Neither are a good answer, right? So, And if you're the buyer, you want to know what exposure will exist post-sale and how you're going to address it, right? So at the end of the day, you're buying this business and it comes with some personal obligations or security or or whatever, you're buying that. You need to know how you fit that into your side of things as well. So you need to understand what you're coming in. And if you've got a seller who can't give you the answer clearly and confidently about what's in place or what could be done about it. Now, the the buyer doesn't have to do that particular thing. They make their own view. There's a lot more confident if it's not a big issue because you can do A, B, C. Yeah. And I think this is part of the communication piece in relation to these areas we're talking about. I think, you know, it's if there's issues in the business, if you've done this prep work, you've identified issues that you can't deal with and, you know, to this stage three of having a plan for the things you can't change, I think you will be so much better off as a seller to be able to to identify them to the buyer, give them, as you say, some options of how to deal with it rather than cross your fingers and hope it won't come out because almost always it comes out at some point or other. And in fact, it's worse. The longer it goes on before it comes up, the worse it is because the later it comes up, the more likely it is to derail the deal. And because everyone becomes so invested in it, but particularly the sellers, you you know, a buyer will force a lower price or they'll threaten to walk away and, 
and often the sellers will capitulate at that time, whereas it had been earlier in the deal when they had more energy <laughs> and, and less, you know, commitment to that particular buyer, you know, it just, it could have been dealt with in a much better way. Yeah. And I think as an advisor, you know this, I've never found a problem when we haven't been able to deal with. Yeah. But it takes time and it takes a bit of thought process. And sometimes it takes stepping back to figure out how to deal with that. If you don't prepare, you're doing that in the middle of the most intense business negotiation for this business at that point in time. And that's not the time to try and come up with different ways of doing things or approaches. You want to do it back in that time that we had earlier when you had your preparation and go, right, what are the options? And you don't have to have one solution. Everyone's risk appetite is different. So you might go, well, I wouldn't do this, but there's option A or you could do B or you could do C. Now, we've done A because we like that, but as a purchaser, you might want to do C or D. And, you know, these are the options. And the next question is, it doesn't devalue our business. You can deal with it. Here are some ways. And if someone can answer those questions and give you options, as a purchaser, you're sitting there going, oh, it's not that big. So that molehill that's now a mountain is back to being a molehill. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. Excellent. All right. Well, look, I think that was a really good outline today on part one of our prepping for sale series. So this was all about protecting the people, the key people in the business, whether they're owners, founders, directors, key staff. Stay tuned into our future episodes because we will be back talking about protecting value and protecting structure. Well, Fiona, thank you very much for coming on board today. I'm looking forward to continuing this series very soon. Thank you. Well, that's it for part one of our three-part series, all about the legal elements in prepping for sale. And of course, today we were talking with Fiona Yeen to heads up our M&A services at Aspect Legal, or talking all about protecting people. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com, where you'll be able to find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal. If you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. Of course, we provide services all related to prepping businesses for sale and also prepping buyers for the sale process. So if you're a buyer or a seller or indeed you act for buyers or sellers or advisor for buyers or sellers and you're interested in getting advice in relation to how they can best ready themselves for the sale process, just give us a call at Aspect Legal by heading over to that website, aspectlegal.com.au or thedealroompodcast.com and you can line up a time to speak to Fiona, myself or any of our legal eagles in relation to how we can assist in prepping for sale. Well, that's it. If you enjoyed what you heard today, then please pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening in. And don't forget to come back for part two of our three-part series in all of the legal elements for prepping a business for sale. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. 
conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. Thank you.